2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited
1: by state law. I love the guy. I mean, he's, he's a great guy, uh, a great teammate. Uh, when we, he was in, uh, with us in Indianapolis, it was awesome. Uh, and uh, did a lot of great things. You know, We had a good football team. But uh, yeah, it, it, it can help you. You know, I think it can hurt you, too, sometimes. You over overanalyze some things, and but uh, uh, we're just going to go with what we know. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network.
3: Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Thursday, presented, of course, by BetMGM. The voice there, Matt Eberflues, the head coach of the Bears, talking about Carson Wentz, the quarterback he was with last year in Indianapolis, now faces tonight. Thursday night football. Let's talk about that game and the big ones this weekend. John Daigle, NFL fantasy and handicapping at 4 for 4 football and Bettsports. He joins us right now on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. John, welcome back to the show. Let's start with tonight. Uh, It could be ugly. It probably will be ugly. When you look at this game, the line flipped. It was um, Commanders minus one or Bears minus one. Now it's flipped to Commanders is the favorite how is this game tonight? Would you would you look at unders for props? Would you have a, a side on either one for the game itself, the commanders or the Bears? I mean, this could be an ugly game. We're looking at 38, 37 and a half on the total Bears commanders tonight.
2: You would think it could maybe at least not be ugly as last Thursday night. Let's cross our fingers. I almost yeah. even considered going to this game, but then saw it's going to be mid-30s mid-game and thought better of it. Uh, but I will Ooh. still be watching from the city of Chicago, so still excited about it. Uh, and I guess if you told me to lean one direction, because I really don't have a strong opinion, honestly, uh, it's just ugly all across the board. Because we've seen Carson Wentz now go over 300 yards with with at least a touchdown in three or five games this year, but those were soft matchups. Those were a matchup against the Jaguars, Lions, and then last week's game against the Titans. It's no surprise he had success in those games, whereas when he played teams that can get pressure, Eagles and Cowboys, in weeks Three and four. He was miserable. He was terrible, which is almost why he got benched last week. But overall, the Bears, as we know, still struggle to get pressure. So without Jalen Johnson as well, most likely tonight. So I still question what can happen on offense for the Commanders. Thus, I lean the Bears. But again, I think it's going to be a, a slog of a game tonight.
1: Yeah, it will be. Well, I, I was actually looking at some player props, and, you know, mm-hmm. people are looking for ways to bet it because how else are you going to? get through this game without having a little bit of action but uh brian robinson so he, he makes his debut last week he gets the most touches in the commander's back, backfield. uh nine carries not a ton but it's a short week uh opposing running backs against the bears i play it every week it's been hitting since week two um and the numbers in the upper 40s for robinson so i, I was certainly looking there and then uh They do get to the quarterback, and we know Fields is constantly under pressure. Will he be looking to escape? His uh, rushing total around 40, 41, and he's been living upper 40s, lower 50s. Any thoughts on uh, Robinson and Fields' props?
2: Robinson's interesting because, as you mentioned, it's the short week that everyone is curious about because we've seen Antonio Gibson's snap rate decrease in literally every game this year, leading Mm -hmm. to his season low 32% snap rate last week. So one would think Robinson, even if he handles the same amount of touches, can still actually get to his median prop line. So that is interesting since we're really not betting against the player. We're just trying to figure out what Scott Turner and Ron Rivera will do with his workload. So I think Brian Robinson's interesting for Justin Fields. I actually like that one quite a bit because even though they have averaged the bears and increased 21 pass attempts per game, the past two games, they're still actually passing at a bottom five rate from neutral game script. We expect this game to be close throughout. We don't really expect either team to build a heavy lead here. And so I, I think there will be more opportunity for the bears to do what they want to, do and actually continue running the ball and if that's the case the few times they do drop back Justin Fields as you've seen can still be explosive on the ground so I do like that Justin Fields prop Since we do have a game tonight, I want to hit on another prop angle. Um, This one on the Washington side, as the Bears have been a team that have been giving up the highest percent of completions on passes, 20 yards or more. What do you think Mm -hmm. about Terry McLaurin, either his receptions, longest reception, um, or over 52 and a half receiving yards? Any interest there? It's going to take efficiency not volume, since Terry McLaurin, even last week in a game without Jahan Dotson, uh, continues just falling behind as the team's second or even third receiver at times. Just a 15.7% target share last week, six targets overall on Carson Wentz's 38 attempts. And remember, the past week as well, with Jahan Dotson banged up, Logan Thomas banged up, still just a 14% target share. Meanwhile, Curtis Samuel continues leading this team and targets each and every week, somehow, some way. So if you told me to lean one direction, actually, I think I would be betting Curtis Samuel over reception props. And not banking on strictly efficiency from McLaurin, even though, as we saw last week as well, uh, a couple throws, even in a triple coverage, McLaurin's so good, he can come down with the ball and wreck, wreck this prop for everyone, which doesn't make any sense why they aren't trying to give him the ball more.
3: John, of the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, he is a home underdog on Sunday. The Bills coming in. Uh, What's your feeling on the game? And Travis, Kelsey, four touchdowns on on Monday. I saw you had a tweet about his targets in the red zone. Do you think the the targets, the touchdowns will continue for Kelsey? I know people are going to love those props on Sunday. Mahomes and Kelsey, all that. Your thought on the game and then Kelsey and what he's doing right now.
2: There's just nowhere else to go for Patrick Mahomes. Marquez valdez scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster may lead this, the wide receivers room and routes run, but Nicole Hardman and Justin Watson have the only two touchdowns among their wide receivers this year. Travis Kelsey has accounted for 47% of Mahomes passing touchdowns. He looks one direction. Clyde edwards Lair is second behind him with three touchdowns to Travis Kelsey's seven for some odd reason. And so, Mahomes, we know where the ball's going. That's what makes Kelsey props so interesting. But for this matchup in particular, Mahomes is still averaging a touchdown rate over 5% against four four-man pass rushes, and we know that's what the Bills are going to send at him. Not only did they not blitz him last year, just nine blitzes in that playoff game last season, which accounted for 20% of his dropbacks, but also the Bills don't blitz at all this season. They had the fewest amount of blitzes of any team this year, and so I think they are just going to try to get pressure with their front four and allow Mahomes to dump off methodically. And so if you told me to lean one direction, yes, it is – Travis Kelsey props we should be looking at. I am still concerned about the rest of the wide receivers among this group. Having said that, as you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes opening as a dog at home for the first time. I took the points early on of the week when it opened initially at the field goal. They gave us the full three overnight on Sunday. Uh, it has since dropped a tad. But overall, yes, I think it's going to be very close, and I take the points only because it's Mahomes at home.
1: Well, here's a game that is uh, also no longer a three. Cleveland, favored by two and a half at home against New England. Uh, Patriots dominate the Lions last week. We're, we're not sure if it's going to be Mac Jones. They said he was limited in Wednesday's practice. Maybe we'll get some information over the next couple of days. But uh, just game overall and also running back props. I mean, these are two teams that have had a tough time stopping the run, and uh, that's where they've been pretty much living offensively.
2: And Last week, you could tell that was something that was coming for the Lions, that the injuries would eventually catch up. Mm -hmm. When Bailey Zappi's under center, and Vegas knows that, and they still lay the Patriots minus three and a half, you know someone's about to get wrecked. And that's exactly what happened. The Lions couldn't move the ball at all. Now it's a tougher matchup against the Browns, but Browns are still allowing splash plays weekly on the back end, which sets up well for Jacoby Myers props, if you want to look that way. Myers quietly has a 37% target share in his last two games healthy, and has led this team in targets in every single week, even from Bailey Zappi, over 100 yards and a touchdown last week, which is quite incredible. But more importantly, we know what's going to happen. It's going to go to Ramondre Stevenson, who's the third most elusive back in Pro Football Focus's ratings, and the Browns continue just getting smothered by running backs. Can't stop any one of their front seven. Even for fantasy last week, Austin Eckler was the RB1 overall, and the touchdowns helped, but many big runs from Eckler overall. So I do think the Patriots can have success in this game. It is a trap spot, obviously, since they, as we mentioned, just pummeled the Lions overall. But I I, I don't think the offense moving will be a fluke in this game. I think both teams could have success. I think I actually lean the over more so than trying to pick a side here.
3: Another uh, big division matchup, Cowboys at
1: Eagles. Um, Cowboys, six-point underdogs. Of course, we all know they're
2: 4-0 under Cooper Rush. What are you expecting in this one, whether it's prop, side, total? It is interesting because last week when push came to shove in the final quarter, the Eagles went back to their caveman ways. They ran the ball on 12 of 15 plays at one point, rather than the explosive pass first offense we've seen the first month of the season. And maybe that's because that's the first time that someone had actually challenged them. We didn't expect it to be the Cardinals, but they did keep it close throughout the entire game. And so I'm curious to see what this Eagles team does now with a Cowboys front seven that is recording the highest pressure rate in the entire league. And, Although they stalled on offense last week, Cooper Rush still has the highest completion rate since he went under center on early downs, on first and second down. They're still an aggressive passing team with him under center. I lean the Eagles in a bounce-back spot just because I still question the Cowboys' offense. Even Tony Pollard and having that explosive 60-yard touchdown run last week, he only had eight touches overall. It was actually his lowest share of backfield touches in any game all season. And although he looks good, we know how this backfield's going to go, and he remains one of their most explosive players who they're not getting the ball to often. And so I just question how the Cowboys are really going to move the ball and if they'll even be successful against the Eagles. So you asked me to lean one side. uh, I do like the Eagles in this game.
3: John, uh, a fantasy perspective, also uh, a game that's interesting this week, Carolina and the Rams going head-to-head. The Carolina just fired the coach. Allen Robinson, everyone thought, oh, he finally got a quarterback. He goes to L.A., Matthew Stafford. He's not doing anything right now. From that perspective with him, props this week and big picture, do you do you keep waiting? Like, At what point of a season do you bail when it comes to someone like an Allen Robinson and the fantasy world? Because this was supposed to work. It hasn't yet. It's five weeks in. Are you ready to bail or do you give it a couple more weeks with him? And what are your thoughts on this game? Is this a Rams blowout spot or maybe a coaching change makes this interesting?
2: I think you bail whenever Ben Scournick has a higher target share than Allen Robinson. And that's where we're at right now. And it's because Tyler Higby is the second wide receiver on this team. So we have to break our brains a little bit and think that, oh, Allen Robinson is actually down on the pecking order. Further than we think. Tyler Higby has a 25% target share. And that's why Matthew Stafford's top three in completion rate right now and and under pressure. Because he looks up. Tyler Higby is three yards down the field and he just dumps the ball off really quick. We also have questions about Stafford's arm because this Rams offense is completely broken and a lot of it looks his part with over seven receptions, interceptions already this year. I I actually saw this line with Panthers being double digit dogs, even on the road even cross-country, and was a little skeptical. But I'm unfortunately even more skeptical of P.J. Walker. Uh, Has not had success in the NFL. Was the MVP of the XFL, the eight-game season at one point. But also, P.J. Walker threw to his right side 65% of the time. In the XFL, I watched the games. And so I, I don't know if he's a player who should be in the NFL or if he's there because Matt Rule recruited him. And so that's to Temple, and so that's why he's still on this roster. So I I, I lean the Rams, I, I guess, but are we scared of their offense? Are we scared of Allen Robinson? Absolutely. We, I still question what they will do moving forward. They're moving Cooper Cup all around. He's actually playing more routes from the outside this year than he had last year because they're trying new things. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to answer for explosiveness. So I think it's still going to be a work in progress this week, but it's probably enough to get over P.J. Walker.
1: What are some uh, some of the uh, props on the Dagle list this week? few props that, that you've targeted, even if uh, they're not posted yet. Some Most are up now, but uh, what are the props you love?
2: I like Lamar Jack, or I like Mark Andrews' receiving props, and that's because I like what Lamar Jackson I think will do to this giant secondary. Uh we know Wink Martindale, like last year with the Ravens, has been sending Giants on a blitz at the league's highest rate. And unlike his historical struggles with the blitz, Lamar Jackson has also been awesome this year against the blitz. Eight and a half yards per attempt, and actually seven of his 12 passing touchdowns have come against the blitz this year. Mark Andrews also leads the league in yards per outrun against man coverage, which As we know, the Giants are running an extremely high rate of because they're leaving everyone on an island open and asking them just to coverage while they send five-plus pass rushers. So I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can move the ball and have tremendous success in this game. And then we will see what happens for the Packers, but we're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt for not only to bet the Packers favored by, I think it's a seven and a half right now. I got it at seven early in the week, but for them to continue moving the ball against the Jets team, we have questions against. Um, Think back two weeks ago, they got three interceptions from Kenny Pickett, the Jets did, and it came down to the last drive. Zach Wilson had to go five of five on that drive to even win the game. And then last week, you don't know it in a 40 to 17 game, but even with the Dolphins losing, Tyreek Hill, Teddy Bridgewater, and left tackle Teron Armstead in the first quarter. The Jets only led by two points with less than 10 minutes remaining in that game. Eventually, all the injuries caught up to the Dolphins, but overall, I have so many questions about this Jets offense. Zach Wilson also still just the same player he was last year. 3 of 16, cowering under pressure. So, I like the Packers to cover, and I'm looking at Packers receiving props, including Alan Lazard, over-receiving because the usage is great now past two games a 20 percent target share and at least eight targets in both those games i think the randall cobb being out on the field was sort of a blip since he had 13 targets in that game but coming into the coming into that week just 12 targets all season so i like to go over on alan lazard props here
3: great stuff john daigle nfl fantasy handicapping at 44 for football and bet on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guessland guest line, more on nfl week six next right here on the Beck all network
1: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better